Welcome back. This is another episode of Hot Takes and Protein Shakes with yours truly, Tony Gabobianco. And it is May 1st. I'm sure you've all gone tired of that NSYNC meme. It's gonna be May. So we got all that out of our system. So happy May 1st. Spring is officially sprung. Thank God. Dude, I don't know about you. Wherever it is you're listening to this, whether it's like upper Maine or Southern California or, I don't know, Kuwait or where the hell you, you people are. Um, I'm just glad it's, it's, I'm done with cold weather. I'm just done, you know, like I, I, me, like a lot of people just got sick over the winter and nobody likes just going outside, shoveling, just that cold nippy air, just blasting in the face, like a bunch of tiny little bee stings. I just love the fact that down here in Tennessee, it gets warm a lot faster during the year than any other, than other parts of the country. So happy spring. I was one <laughs> too bad. Like my attitude wasn't a little more springy and upbeat and, you know, life is beautiful. Aha. Uh-huh. So, but you know, maybe we'll get along to that later. Uh, before we get started, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you in part by <sighs> Redcon One. Redcon One is America's favorite new supplement brand where they carry everything for your fitness needs, whether it be pre-workout, post-workout, protein shakes, energy, uh, muscle builders, fat burners, sleep supplements, everything you could possibly need, they got. And they got sales happening all the time. And if you want to save 20% off your order, you can use the promo code t 20 Tony tell jokes that's right you can get 20 percent off your order if you go to redcon1.com and use the promo code t20 tony tell jokes on your checkout and speaking of which man like i know it's been like a couple weeks uh my folks uh finally got to see me again uh, after a few months since the holidays there we went out to memphis went to see graceland uh, elvis's uh little castle or home away from home no that was his real home and yeah man like I, like we did the whole tour and all that and went through all of his dude the fact that this dude had amassed so much in his short time on like he was only 42 when he died which is mind-boggling and the fact that given his very like lavish lifestyle he had like a plane, he had his own jet. I mean, at this this guy acquired fame and fortune at an obscene level, which that nobody has ever seen before on Earth, and it, for lack of a better word, did kill him. Um, but dude, like the talent on that guy, I don't think he. Well, the, although um, I mean, he was a great performer, he was a great entertainer. Although, from what I understand, I might be wrong on this, but I don't think he actually ever wrote any of his any of his own songs. I think somebody else did all that for him. He just sang. So I think that was the difference between uh, that is the difference between an artist and entertainer. Lady Gaga actually goes into this. That's the difference between her and Madonna. Uh, yeah, Madonna. She. I don't think she writes any of her own songs. She just sings and performs and calls it a day. Whereas Gaga. She actually sits down, writes her own stuff, 
plans it all out, produces. She does it, so that makes her an artist, and uh, Madonna <laughs> is more of a performer or an entertainer. So I think that's a very distinct uh, difference between the two. But back to Elvis, Graceland was something else. I mean, it was very impressive. Um, it was a little bit more, I mean, as lavish and extravagant as it was, it was also... Uh, I guess size-wise of the estate, normal. I guess by today's day, I'm sure back in the day, that place was beyond a mansion. But from the outside, I mean, if it kind of looked like any average, you know, nice house. But when you got on the inside, oh, that's where things took a much different turn. I mean, very ornate, very lavish, a lot of detail, a lot of mirrors. So I, I guess uh, I guess uh, Elvis saw things in terms of surfaces, <laughs> surfaces, and yeah, it was it was a cool house. I mean, it was not the kind of house you would want to be drugs on in. It's not the kind of house you would want to be drug on drugs inside. I guess I should say. Oh, it's been a long weekend. My mouth is tired. I mean that in a sexual way. Uh, but yeah, like the whole thing, like each room was kind of like its own theme, like the living room and like his little piano room. They were very like nice and clean. And that was like the first thing you see when you walk in the house. Then um, in his dining room was very, again, very clean and very, uh, I want to keep using the same words over and over again, but I guess lavish for the time. He had like a chandelier and fine china and silver and all that. And then you get into the kitchen, and that's when you realize, oh yeah, this guy, this all happened during like the 60s and 70s because the dude had carpet in his kitchen. <laughs> Which, at no point did anybody say, is this even a good idea? I mean, what if I spill some sauce or something? That That's a stain. Eh, well, you can just buy a new house. <laughs> Never mind, replace the carpet. <laughs> he had that kind of money. But then he had that, then what else? He had his old... There was just so many rooms. Like, if you, it's just like a, this is just for like a single family, just him and his wife and his kid, and I guess his father. But other than that, I mean, there were just so many rooms and they were so big. And it's like, how do you like fill in this much space with like only like three or four people living here? And uh, because there would be like a lounge area, there's like a TV area in the basement that had like three TVs going on all at once and this giant horseshoe shaped couch inside. And then there's like this pool room. Oh, the billiard room. That is not the place you want to be <laughs> on drugs in. Oh, there was just so much activity just happening for your eyes. Like they had this, I don't know, it kind of looked like like uh, something you see in like a Middle Eastern bazaar, you know? Kind of like all this, uh, this curtains coming from all around the ceiling into this one spot where the, uh, where the main light fixture was hanging from. And the walls had like uh, uh, curtains everywhere. And it was just all this like these vibrant patterns and colors. And yeah, like if you, if you took an edible before walking to that room, you'd want to have, a, have, a, have five major heart attacks. Then um, there was like a separate other lounge and that was wall-to-wall -wall, uh, shag carpet and not just wall-to-wall, -wall, but also ceiling. So, because you never know how hard it is to vacuum a ceiling. Uh, then went outside and he had, you know, horses and a separate racquetball building and the dude just had it all. 
which is amazing because like if you were just a regular person today and you handed all that hit all that off to them it's like wow like even by today's standards that that was amazing but still like with everything he had it's just like the the list of problems just was just stacked against him like he didn't like i saw in the movie but like it didn't matter how rich he was or you know how or famous he was like he was a mess and like no amount of money or material items could solve that which is unfortunate so i guess that's a, a valuable lesson we had to learn unfortunately on his behalf uh but it it was it was really something that we went to uh, the Graceland Cafe, and even that thing that like the that itself is its own little economy, like little mini town, because all the museums. The fact this guy had so many like museums worth of clothes and cars and just stuff. It's like there's extravagance. Then there's like like the money would just keep on rolling in. It was like endless, to the point where like I mean. We would all love to not have to worry about money again for the rest of our lives, but like even if he tried to spend it all, he couldn't. It would just keep coming in and coming in over and over. It's like wow, because I mean I saw his giant car collect. He had like I don't know at least twenty cars in that museum at least, and then there was like this separate uh, uh, museum with all of his clothes and had all of his items and. Uh, like signed paycheck stubs and like a wallet and like his whole family. It was just so much on this guy. And the fact that they, for one, held on to it all, which is itself just amazing. And two, uh, just make an entire exhibit out of it. So, yeah, it was definitely impressive. Then we got to the cafe and that, that that's when like shit hit the fan. That's it. That, that was... A uh, good living embodiment of chaos, because all like all all we wanted, well, myself and my dad, all we wanted was to have like the famous uh, peanut butter and banana sandwich, a grilled peanut butter and banana sandwich, and they they barely threw any peanut butter on that thing. It was like one thin little sliver, just and a few slices of banana, and here you go, that'll be six dollars. Like like how we operate, we need a freaking wad you know i that like that thing that layer of peanut butter better be at least like half an inch thick and that <laughs> and the fact that there's just one mini bit swipe of just like like even whatever you put a like a set of margarine on a piece of toast would have been more thick than what they put on with this thing with the peanut butter but um i definitely uh definitely fell off the rails in terms of uh diet nutrition while they're in town. I mean, part of me is like, I have earned it. You know, I've been so good for months upon months upon months. I can afford to treat myself for a couple days. Oh, boy. <sighs> Shit. How wrong I was. I mean, I fell really off the rail. I mean, I didn't get pissed drunk or anything. No, I just had barbecue here and, uh, you know, like a set of ribs. You know, I had some really good barbecue while we were out there in Memphis. Uh, then we came out here uh, back to Nashville, treated them to Jack Brown's. And yeah, the, they, oh, they, they, that was a good time. Like they, that Wagyu beef and, oh, my mom fell in love with uh, making fried Oreos. 
<laughs> like that was the only dessert they had on the menu and we're like yeah yeah sure why not Let's see what happens it was just one single fried oreo for each of us and all the it, it, it was probably one of the best tasting things it was so simple just taking the oreo wrap it in like just cover it in pancake batter deep fry that sucker add some powdered sugar and some hot fudge and boom your blood sugar just shoots up like a rocket. <laughs> just like the SpaceX Starship before that thing exploded. So perfect metaphor. So ever since ever since they got back to Massachusetts, like I just got pics from my mom. She's like, ah, I already made them. <laughs> like that did not take long. Uh, but now as good as tasty and delicious as it all was, I am back to my boring ass nutritional plan back to my grilled chicken and my asparagus and my broccoli and my protein shakes and my what bison meat all that so it's gonna be i'm giving myself a little more time next time i decide to do a cheat and if i am gonna do a cheat again i'm definitely i'm gonna take a page out of gabe's book and uh just go sushi because I had a lot of damage to undo. I've had to do a lot of damage control to get myself back to 100%. And uh, yeah, I think a good clean cheat is what's uh, on the menu for next time. Because from what I had, oh, like what? Oh, yeah, I treated them to crumble cookie. Oh, my God. Oh, that itself was like, oh, like what have I done? Uh, like that was, that itself was its own little hangover. So. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm probably gonna just do sushi next time around. Just a, as a little personal treat, a clean treat. Then I can just go back to being another tightwad when it comes to nutrition all over again. Oh, but I will say, uh, after being out of the gym for like four days, like the pump I got the first day back was probably one of the best ones I've had in a long, long time. I had chest day. I'm like, oh, whoa, what have I done? And by the end, like throughout it, it was like, oh my God, this feels amazing. Like I've, like I'll, I just feel like I've been taking it for granted sometimes because like a chest day when you've been away from the gym for like four, day, four days, something just feels outstanding. It's like you haven't worked these muscles in over a week. And it's like I, it's like I've been away for like weeks or even months without having a good pump. And man, I had such a good one. Uh, I dude, the the whole week was great. I had chest, then what was it? Back that was good. Then uh, no, before chest, it was I actually had legs. I had quads. Oh, that was. I had that. <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, that like I always say, you don't have a good leg day until you're walking downstairs like a newborn giraffe. And I obliterated my legs. It like I worked out all these muscles I haven't touched in over a week, and that you know I couldn't fully recover until like maybe four or five days later. And then I that was when I had another leg day. That's when I had hamstrings and calves. And the fact that I was able to survive that too while still trying to recover from my last leg day was just perfect. So the whole week at the gym has just been, I can't say, I can't say anything negative. I just had such a good time. Like I always, I mean, I always look forward to going to the gym, but the fact that I felt 
amazing. Do just do my regular shit. Just do my regular workout. All of a sudden, I just felt incredible. So just you know, in case you're one of those uh, body positive fat activists <laughs> listening to this, uh, this did more for me than any dessert could have in terms of satisfaction and getting that uh what what's that uh chemical that tells you you're happy uh serotonin i think yeah just the serotonin just stemming from that lasted so much longer than anything from cheesecake factory <laughs> so hey maybe if i can rewire my brain and you know get get my uh satisfaction that way eh, who knows but uh let's get back to uh since I've got myself back on track, um, dude, like April was great. I mean, other than seeing my folks, uh, April was great because I had a lot of shows uh, throughout April. Up Down was another success. I got the next one happening May 24th. So if you're in uh, the Nashville area on uh, Wednesday, May 24th, we got another killer lineup. I'm going to have my guy, Marcus Quick Playing Jones. He's going to be headlining. And uh, let's see. Uh, let me check my other dates. We got the Masons on here. All right. So let's see. On Thursday, May 11th at 10 p.m. at Cafe Coco, I will be doing the late show. So definitely come out for that. On Friday, May 19th at 7 p.m., I'm going to be at Don's Comedy Club. That's a new club over in Rockfield, Kentucky. So very excited about that. I've actually seen some of the pictures of the place. That place looks amazing. So I think that's going to be the new, a, a new upcoming comedy club. Getting some great talent over there. Uh, the 24th, obviously, it got Up Down, which I just mentioned. And then on the 25th is going to be, uh, I'm going to be back at the 404 Grill. So going to see a lot more of my uh, fellow uh, Nashville bands doing another show over there. Yeah, I'll be providing like the funnies. And uh, actually, uh, like all of April was just a good time for comedy. I mean, other than, you know, Up Down, which was great. Uh, let's see what else I did. Uh, Best of Nashville over at Sunny's. That was a fun time. Nice little, good little crowd. Uh, then I did the Holistic Connection. So I've done the I've done the Holistic a few times. I've headlined it once. And it was, yeah, again, it's, again, it's one of those small intimate shows in the middle of a dab bar. While people are just getting high and having uh, commerce is being conducted. But yeah, I got a chance to finally start structuring my act. I mean, I do have a structure, but you know, I'm operating it like it's like Tetris pieces. You know, I'm just putting it in blocks in a way that makes sense. So 10 minute block with uh, the bits I did, did work, worked pretty, pretty well. Uh, just means I have to put together four more blocks, at least four more 10 minute blocks in time for this, uh, album recording that I'm doing for next year. So, uh, you know, I've mentioned it before on this, uh, maybe I have, yeah, I have on this podcast. So I'm putting it into the ether. I'm manifesting it. I'm speaking my truth in, in case you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> I'm just going to live my truth and, speak my special into existence whether or not somebody from netflix or hulu or amazon you know decides to discover me uh it's gonna be 100 percent uh, self-produced so yeah film it myself write it myself uh well i'm getting some people to help film it but um 
Yeah, I'm going to sell tickets. I'm going to promote it myself. It's going to be... And it's going to be for my 10-year anniversary. So it's going to be a 10 years in the making. I'm super excited. And all I got to do is fast forward a year from now. But a lot can happen within uh, the next year. I mean, anybody else can tell you. I mean, hell, like two years ago, I was still in Massachusetts. <laughs> Man, you know, almost two years from now, I packed up my shit and I left Boston and I traveled. How far did I travel? Uh, distance from Boston to Nashville. That is 1,100 miles by car, which is what I drove. Which is driving distance, that is 16 hours and 32 minutes. Oh, and I do not want to have to relive that all over again. I'm like, dude, I'm good. I am all set. I mean, I love, always wanted to do a cross-country road trip, but it was just me and my stupid cat. So we didn't really, you know, embark on any side adventures or side quests or anything of that nature. We just went straight shot. Boston, Nashville, ready to just start up a new life. And it's been working out so far. So no, nothing to complain on that end. But, yeah, it's weird how it's... Dude, I also feel like in the last two years, I've told a bunch of people this, but since moving here in Nashville, I have progressed more in the last two years than I would say in the last five I had in Boston because I don't know what it is. Maybe just because the environment in Boston, it's so popular and it's so thick and it's a big scene, but there's also equal amounts of bullshit you have to take uh, take care of and... You know, whenever I go out for the hang, I would go out for a hang. But those same, whenever you're out for a hang and somebody who isn't, you know, within your friend group or just like an acquaintance at best hangs out, you want to be real. At least I do. But unfortunately, people also use that as an opportunity to blow smoke up your ass. And the ass kissery, it's like, oh, like I need to get the hell out of there. Like, you can't come in there with any sort of ulterior motive. Just be real. Just be, just relax, be yourself, talk normal. And uh, that, or hey, maybe that means just being a fly on the wall. Maybe you don't vibe with some of the people in a hang. In case you're the non comedians, the hang is where all the comedians hang out, like in the front of the venue or in the parking lot after a show, just shooting the shit. And that's where, like, you know, that's where how that's the music, the magic of networking. That's how uh, a lot of this uh, business is taken care of. It's another unwritten rule. And uh, yeah, I lo always love doing the hang. It's just I always ha I have just suspicions of other people who also engage in the hang because I don't know maybe that's just what Boston did to me. But there's always an ulterior motive for a lot of people. Can't say that for everybody. I will say, you know, people look more genuine that I will give them credit for, but I'm not tossing that, uh, tossing out that possibility just yet. You know, can't, you know, trust issues are there for a reason, to, just so you know. Uh, the hell, they've gotten the odd gems here and there before. But anyway, uh, what the hell was I even talking about? I was just talking about the hang and trust issues and how people suck. So, yeah. Other than that, 
I think Maze is stemming out to be pretty good for uh, for comedy. Got plenty of good shows, and I think uh, there's another unofficial show uh, in the works. Can't uh, put that on the calendar just yet. They haven't solidified a date, but looks like might have some additional uh, dates from May coming up as well. And uh, on that, dude, my bike is almost paid off. Oh, my God. I mean... We all have debt. We've all had experience with paying stuff off, but you know, just pouring, <laughs> just getting this thing done way ahead of time instead of just hitting automatic payment and just let that thing take care of itself. Nuh-uh. Like I want this shit done now. So yeah, I also do a little freelancing over the weekend. Wrote a bunch of stuff. So that'll be going straight into uh, the get this shit off my back fund. <laughs> <laughs> no more debt hey, so I can have fun, so I can finally have some spare cash just for myself lying around because you know well the thing is as soon as I get the bike paid off like I still owe like 15 grand on my truck but that is neither here nor there you know but then again I'll have some extra cash to pay that off too but you know I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna treat myself I mean, the thing is already a toy, and I've been treating myself just by riding it around and you know being able to enjoy it. But I don't know. I gotta think of a better, something else to treat myself to. I don't know. I, I have a few ideas, but nothing really concrete. Eh, we'll get to that bitch when we get to it. But other than that, I think I'm gonna close out the the podcast with that. So yeah, that was a good like good solid 25 minutes. So. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for uh, subscribing, following this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to like, follow, comment, subscribe, all that algorithmic crap. Uh, Be sure to share. And other than that, thank you for listening. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye.